0: Oh, TV party tonight! Oh, We got nothing better to do than watch TV and have a couple of brews. Don't want to talk about anything else. We don't want to know. We're dedicated here to our favorite shows. All oh, my circuits. Everybody loves this photo. Scary dog. it at learned.
1: Good evening. You are listening to a and Broadcasting premiere podcast TV party tonight. And we are the (laughs) Indy-siders. I I am your host, the mandated reporter, and frankly, I'm mortified, Mr. Mark And Joining me is big, sexy Harry Broadhurst. How do you do, sir?
0: I actually went with bit grumpy in the uh, original Shyrod that I have at the bottom of my name. there. I really thought about keeping that, but I decided to change it to sweep me, bro. Everybody
1: does that. Everybody put, you know, like the idea is the, in the bubbles there, you put like your Twitter handle or your Instagram or something. And everyone's always like, I don't want to be here. You know, <laughs> I'm too sexy for this shirt. Everyone puts a little funny phrase in there. There you go. Heb the Eagle, Heb um, the Eagle listen um we've got a pair it's, it's our i'm day. mortified indeed um we've got a pair of, of our indie cider independent shows here first like the big people thought the royal rumble was big this month no the real big event was g the world on gcw 2022 i'll tell you harry it felt like 90 like 1997 ecw all over again like that was a really exciting event
0: Okay, so we'll get through, we'll get to this when we actually discuss the show here. But there were so many things that got changed about the course of the show, Mm. and there were so many things that got edited about the course of the show that if we're being honest, GCW kind of got screwed working with a bigger promotion. You can fill in the three letters of choice for that promotion. I'll give you a clue. They're kind of elite.
1: That's you know, it's funny you say that because. My if you look at the graphic that I picked for tonight's show, like I pulled my art about a month beforehand. <laughs> the <and> Eddie <laughs>
0: Kingston logo.
1: yeah. and I almost changed it for that reason. I was like, isn't Eddie Kingston supposed to be on this card? And then I went, oh, he got injured so he's not here. yeah,
0: Eddie Eddie Kingston was supposed to wrestle AJ Gray.
1: right. Uh, in addition to which, I Pat Mullen hipped me to the jive regarding ICW's no holds barred the very I've been watching it since the very first event I've missed very few of these I love the chains I love no holds barred I try to watch as many of these events as I can and this will be the first one that we're reviewing. So, I'm excited about this. Now, you Harry, you were not too fond of doing the, the whole deathmatch thing. It was like th- th- that was sort of my pitch if I remember correctly.
0: Actually, I don't mind deathmatches. Okay. I don't I don't like non-ring deathmatches. Okay. Um ICW No Peace Underground has the no-ring shows. Mm-hmm. Uh ICW is also known for their pit fighter shows. I am getting a really yes. bad glare off of my lamp, and I can see myself in my glasses. So we take those checked, off for now.
1: I haven't checked out any of the pit fighter shows. like how different are they than the no
0: holds barred? Think of it as an MMA cage. Okay. It's basically pro wrestling inside of an MMA cage. So like the Lions Den. Gotcha. I might have to we might have to do
1: one of those one of these days. One of these Super. Pit fighter
0: shows to fit it into the schedule here
1: our, our well our, our pre-show uh, meeting we we loaded up our schedule from now to april so after wrestlemania we'll have to find time to do a pit fighter show all right let's get to the world on gcw how often do you catch these gcw shows because like when we were planning this i almost wanted to do the whatever the no surrender or whatever <laughs> it was with uh that was in detroit with sabu and diesel and i'm like no i can't do 50 gcw shows in a row
0: uh i watch the ones that i can i mean Mm -hmm. obviously the bundle helps like with fight tv the fact that you can get both of their shows for like a like you save like 10 bucks on getting both of the shows or whatever the problem Mm -hmm. is is gcw runs so many fucking shows in a month that it's really difficult to catch every single one of them unless you have that kind of scratch and neither of us do well time and or money like Uh, that too
1: I mean, if you don't watch anything but GCW, you might be able to keep up with their schedule. It is ridiculous.
0: I wanna say the uh Detroit show was most notorious, by the way. Yeah, it was something like that. They also have these goofy names for all of their shows. Agreed. I, yeah. I actually do like the title World on GCW, though. That does yeah. it does fit because one. with with this being their initial foray into domestic pay-per-view as well. Mm-hmm. As, so that's one of the things that was monumental about this. Was this was their first actual like Domestic this, pay-per-view? this is the first GCW show that's been done that is actually available through live over the air pay per view. In addition okay. to in addition to Fight TV and then other various sources outside of the United States. Like I I don't remember the name of the app overseas, but I know it's not Fight TV. But there's mm-hmm. a couple of different things there for uh, GCW through those means.
1: I'll be honest with you, and then we'll get into the show. I since the 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 lockdown had started a year and a half ago, um, the first live event with fans that came back was actually gcw they were running shows in like parks and stuff mm-hmm. um i think they also ran one maybe in the middle of the lockdown where it was in a bar with just the, with just the wrestlers acid cup was, yeah that was a really fun show i i have you know i i know that like you know the jim cornets of the world you know say it's like you know it's a mud um outlaw mud show garbage production garbage promotion but I have seen some really funny things. I have seen some really fun wrestling matches, and it was nice to have GCW when there was nothing available. So uh, they made a loyalist out of me. I just, I just don't have hours on end to watch all of their programming and 20 bucks to spare each and every single time.
0: No, it's it's good for Brett Lauderdale and company mm-hmm. uh, Giancarlo DiTomo, who is the G- Giancarlo that was mentioned on the pre-show that he talks about being his second in command. Mm-hmm. He was actually a video guy for the WWE before the previous round of roster cuts. He was released and went back to GCW. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so Lauderdale and Giancarlo uh, out of the ashes of what originally was uh jersey championship wrestling, not jersey all pro. You know what we're gonna have
1: to do in July, right? We're gonna have to do the next uh, backyard wrestling show. I mean, we've we've done two already. Why wouldn't we? <laughs> All right, let's get into it. So the world on GCW kicked off with a pre-show. Uh, there was a battle, the Paps Blue Ribbon Kickoff Battle Royal, uh, and
0: that. Oh gosh, who was in that? Um, too many people to name. Not enough yeah. people that I cared about. Oh, okay, I got I got it right here. There were um, a couple. There were th- a couple of names that did stand out to me though. And I, if you don't mind, I'll I'll go. I, ahead and I'll talk. I got the list here: Psycho All Clown,
1: right. Dark Sheik, Cole Radrick,
0: Paro, Hood. I
1: knew. See, I thought I remember seeing Paro, um, Hoodfoot, Ruckus, KTB. Oh, good old KTB. Uh, Juicy Finale, uh, Steve Scott, Nate Webb, Brandon Kirk, Janai Kai, Dustin Thomas, Marcus Mathers, Yo-Yo, Yo-Yo, B-Boy, Lufisto. And if you don't know who any of those people are, you at least know who Thunder Rose is. Um, and it's funny because I didn't realize there was a pre show. So all of a sudden I'm, on my Twitter feed, I'm starting to see like pictures from the world on GCW. I'm like, did I mess up and not start this on time? Like, oh no, it's just a pre show. All right. Yeah. Me. So you saw the
0: Battle Royal. What'd you think? It sucked. Okay. What was wrong with it? It's a Battle Royal. And I okay. think that's my problem. It's a staggered entrant Battle Royal too. So it's more like a gauntlet match almost and battle royals in general tend to be rough. Okay. Just because there's a lot of people, there's not really a whole lot of room to do anything. And the ones that do have the room to do anything are usually the people that shouldn't be having the room to do stuff in a battle Royal. There were a couple of names here that I was really impressed by. Uh, Mm -hmm. I have long been a fan of B-Boy. I don't know if you caught it when you said that I did the B-Boy symbol. Uh, I was a little disappointed that he did not get his full B-Boy entrance with, uh, with the death with the uh, death row call out and the motherfuck snoop motherfuck dre motherfuck death row
1: was he standing in his b boy pant uh, was he standing in his b boy stance
0: um he, he didn't have a chance to do the turnbuckle pose he did drop kick somebody in the face though that was kind of cool yeah. it, it was absolutely amazing to see luffy and she is in phenomenal shape and i'm really happy for her because lufisto had a cancer scare last year
1: oh. well that's not good. Well, Big Vin was your winner here. He beat, he last eliminated Charles Mason at uh, 16 minutes and five seconds.
0: The second match, go ahead. Quick thing on that, uh, Big Vin, you mentioned the Feels Like ECW thing, right? Yep. Big Vin, nine one one son.
1: Really? Oh, look at that. Second generation wrestler, good for him. The second uh, pre-show match was... Uh, Grim Reaper, Alex Zane, Dante Leon. I was wondering where Alex Zane was. Alex Zane, Dante Leon, Shane Mercer, Jack uh, Cartwell, and Ninja Mac in a Paps Blue Ribbon kickoff scramble match, which lasted about eight minutes
0: and was won by Grim Reaper, who actually lit up and smoked a joint in the middle of the match. <laughs> awesome, yeah. <laughs> All righty. Uh, the match itself was okay, obviously. Alex, I don't know what WWE was thinking when it comes to Alex Zane. That dude mm. is a superstar. And he know. came, he came across as the biggest deal in this match. You know who I do think from this match would be a really good fit with the WWE, though? Who? Shane Mercer.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say, like, if I remember, like Shane Mercy looks like Shane Mercer, if I remember correctly, is the one that's like looks like he's built like a Greek god, just all kinds of muscular. Like he looked, like I remember seeing him wrestle previously, and I'm like there's so many guys on the independent scene that look like him and Brian cage and the dirty daddy, Bruce Dickinson and um, Chris Dickinson, Chris, Chris Dickinson. Sorry. It's late. I'm very tired.
0: Bruce uh, is the, uh, Bruce is the zoo's. I know who Bruce awesome.
1: Dickinson is. <laughs> I have a metal podcast for God's sake. Um, well like, to yeah, so, the zoo. There's so many guys like on the independent scene that look like they, they could be WWE
0: wrestlers. It's, it's really funny to me. Um, it's definitely become more of a body scene than it used to be back maybe uh, when Ring of Honor, like say when Ring of Honor mm-hmm. started circa mm-hmm. 2002, going back to like some of the Ring of Honor stuff that we've covered in the past. There's definitely more of a body style on the indies now that didn't exist prior yeah. to people trying to have the look that you might want to have in right. order to get scooped up to a WWE deal.
1: Like, I know, you know, being an independent wrestling fan, people tend to favor, like, the skinny, like, Alex Zanes of the world. but The athletic you know, types. Yeah, but, I mean, those guys, that's not who the WWE is looking for. They're looking for people who look like, you know, Rex Steiner. So, uh, <sighs> the Braun Breakers of the world. All right, the, the world on GCW began, as many pay-per-views often do, with a hot match here. grab the brass ring ladder match winner will receive a match if they're choosing a title match if they're choosing at any time and this was aj gray pco i had to explain to my wife who pco was which was kind of fun alex cologne g raver tony deppin jimmy lloyd and jordan oliver and aj gray won it in 16 minutes and 47 seconds you're dealing with a different boy, Jimmy Lloyd. You know, as high profile as he tends to be on a G, on the average GCW card, I am really surprised he, he, that this is where they put him. Like, they didn't put him on later on in the show.
0: He's kind of like one of their big deals, like just on well, just a tier under Nick Cage. Nick, Nick well, Cage I, would, I would argue to that that this was the brass ring battle royal where the winner got a championship opportunity of their choice, so it makes perfect sense that Jimmy Lloyd would be in this match.
1: Um, I, I I accept your argument, but you know, in the end of the day, it was AJ Greg who ended up winning. Who isn't he the he's the
0: GCW World Champion or is GCW that Extreme Champion? Oh, the, okay, sure. <laughs> uh, like their hardcore title. Yeah, yeah. Um, couple of things about this match. One, yep. and we kind of skipped over it on the pre-show real quick. I'm going to step back real quick to that scramble match. Mm-hmm. Nick Wayne was supposed to be in that scramble match and got pulled by the New York State Athletic Commission because he's 17. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, <laughs> you, don't to, you
1: don't want to know one of those situations on
0: here. Yeah, and uh, no blood allowed in the state of New York, by the way, which I think a lot of people were going to be really disappointed about, but um and that's why there wasn't a whole lot of blood on this show, except for the one that was the, the hard way cut. But um, mm. back to the Scramble Master, you noticed the prominent name that was announced for this match that was missing was Leo mm. Rush. Yeah, what happened to Leo Rush? I'm not sure. Maybe we'll find out a little bit later on in the broadcast.
1: Ah, okay.
0: Mm.
1: Uh, anyway, so this was a fun the, match. The, these guys, you know, uh, this this was, you don't think so? You didn't think this was fun?
0: It was a mess, if we're being honest. Okay, but
1: have you not watched any GCW before? Okay, a that's fair. A lot of their fair. matches are messes. This, <laughs> that's is, fair. this was as messy a GCW match as, as oh, they put on. You that's know, kind of pro- what they do.
0: You know what my problem was is AJ Gray almost killing himself off of whatever the hell it was he was attempting off of that ladder on the outside of the ring.
1: Yeah, it's it, it's all the fun of like a WWE ladder match with none of the uh, like polish, separation, polish. Yeah, yeah. None of that.
0: We, we don't need no stinking polish. It's, it's an it, ECW ladder match, is what it was. It really was complete, complete <laughs> with jank ass ladders. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right you can quote me on that too complete with jank ass letters
1: all right so this next one was a trios match this match was held under lucha libre rules we had team gringo gringo loco ares and uh demonic flamita versus team bandito of bandito asf and laredo kid wasn't bandito like just the uh, the ring of honor champion he not still is half He's of still... the ring
0: of honor heavyweight champion okay i thought that was jonathan gresham He's the other half of the Ring of Honor heavyweight champion. Oh. Bandito was supposed to face Gresham at final battle, if you recall, and Bandito caught COVID. That's right. That's right.
1: Well, here they are again, and uh, Team Gringo ended up winning in 14 minutes and nine seconds. Did you like this one any, any better?
0: This match was actually really good, and in my opinion, was the best match on the show. Okay. Uh, The triple dive with the double moonsault and then the tope was fantastic. Mm -hmm. Uh, I thought all six of these guys put in a really strong performance. The only thing that didn't look good was the finish Mm -hmm. when, um, when Gringo Loco basically moonsaulted onto nothing and then got up and hit the cradle pile (laughs) and then got up and hit the cradle pile driver anyway for the finish on ASF. Mm -hmm. But yeah, all six of these guys gave it an overall really strong accounting for themselves.
1: Uh, next match was Blake Christian and he defeated Leo rush. All right. So how did Leo rush end
0: up in this match? Because this was supposed to be Blake Christian versus Jonathan Gresham for the ring of honor championship. Okay. And then Jonathan Gresham caught COVID. No, oh, gotcha. Which also explains why he was off, off of the pro wrestling Guerrillas battle of Los Angeles this weekend, as we record this on a Sunday night. Gotcha. Well, Blake Christian
1: defeated Leo rush in 12 minutes and 34 seconds. I'm going to take this opportunity to get your hot take on the big, swole Tony Khan, Leo Rush love triangle that blossomed (laughs) on Twitter over the past week. Give me like
0: 50 words or less, buddy. All right, real quick uh, about the match first. The match was really good. The finish was nice, too. That 450 double Mm -hmm. stomp by Christian. Um, I I really think Christian's another one of those guys that could have been something in the WWE if he had given them the chance. Too small. I I, don't disagree especially as they're phasing out that Triple H cruiserweight influence on NXT. That's what I'm trying
1: to say like, like when I say too small, it's not like I wouldn't accept them if I were running the WWE and my opinion doesn't matter. The company is like drawn a line in the sand, either look like Braun Breaker or fuck off. I mean, and he's know c- And so Blake Christian, Alex Zane, Tony Deppen. as much as I would love to see
0: Tony Deppen in there, they're part of the fuck off crew. Alex Zane was Ari Sterling. Blake mm-hmm. Christian was Trey Baxter. Although right. Christian's girlfriend's doing really well in NXT, so figure that out for yourself. Well, Core Jade, if Core Jade, if you're wondering,
1: she's so, she's adorable. She's also way klutzy. Like she makes I'm she not makes, a fan. She makes Shotzi Blackheart look like a goddamn ballerina. I mean, oof, oof, <laughs> sorry. See, saw one Core
0: Jade match, and I was like, yikes. <laughs> Stay I, in developmental, kid. All right, so. Now to the uh the Tony Khan uh Big Swolf. Khan had no business saying what he said as a promoter, shouldn't have said it, should be smarter than that. Okay. Should have a team to advise him that he shouldn't say what he said. He wasn't wrong, however. Swole's run in AEW was disappointing. Okay, so Leah Rush that, really that, that, needs- that, you're, you're too nice, you're too nice,
1: and I understand you're you're like the Jeff Harris of Pro Wrestling, you're like in the business, you gotta watch him P's and Q's. I'll say it for you. I'm here for you, Harry Broadhurst. So this is a safe space. Big Swole sucked. Okay, Big Swole. She is nowhere
0: near as good as her husband.
1: She, I, she's nowhere near as good as any women wrestler I've seen currently on mainstream television. Her matches with Britt Baker were horrible. She was tripping over her own dick. She was just <laughs> okay. She looked like she couldn't put together a lockup if she were in a if she if she tried. I mean, like. It looked like she never had gone to a wrestling school. What was she, self-trained? What Jesus Christ, dude. I mean, like, I know I reference Jim Cornette a lot, and I don't always agree with him, but everything he ever said about Big Swole, where he was like, I am writing off that. Her match with Britt Baker was in the dentist office was so bad, he wrote off watching Britt Baker matches, and he actually likes her and thinks she's talented.
0: That's how bad Big Swole is. You may I've, continue now. I've seen one good Big Swole match against Chicago. Were you and- high at the time? <laughs> uh, it was against Shakara and Riptide, but okay. But anyways, um, so yeah, he wasn't wrong about what he said, but he shouldn't have said it. Agreed. I, I think you have to
1: learn when to sort of be the big as, man and separate yourself from this. As
0: a prom- as a promoter, you have to maintain a level of professionalism that he did not show there. I, as, I, I- as far as Leo Rush goes, this is status quo for Leo Rush of him opening his mouth and putting his foot in it.
1: Well, I, here's the thing, and, and and this is the point that even, like, Jim Cornette made, and, and I'll, I'm just kind of echoing oh, him they, because I think sometimes everyone wants to throw the baby out with the bathwater with him, but he does make coherent coaching points. And one of the things he said is, if you look at that roster from, like, Sonny Kiss to, you know, to uh, Hobbs, some of these other people, all the Joshis, they have a very inclusive roster. Um, Cody's wife has gone out of their way to make the show accessible for people with developmental disabilities. Come on. This is the last, like, if Big Swole was like, I didn't get a push in WWE because of racism. Yeah, we're all with you, Big Swole. No, no argument there. (laughs) If If You can't say that about, of all the things you can criticize about AEW, criticizing their lack of
0: inclusiveness is not one of them i will i will say that i appreciate toady basically calling that out right at the start and saying you do realize that me and my number one lieutenant are both brown
1: (laughs) right so i mean it was a dumb shit thing to say and it's sort of low-hanging fruit and the last ditch you know the last crying ditch of a person who's truly untalented to to play the race card when you know they have no other legs to stand on
0: no i don't disagree
1: and my issue with like Leo Rush in that situation was, what you know,
0: they gave you a pro- an opportunity too, and your crazy ass can't fucking like a- the pro- handle the job. The problem with Leo Rush is Leo Rush has been known to play that same card in the past. Though. Yeah, he's a lunatic. He's also got some mental health issues that he still needs help with. I won't deny that. Yeah, I I probably could have said it nicer than that.
1: So I'll so let me try t- take two. <laughs> <laughs> Leo Rush has some mental health issues that he desperately needs work on, and someone should take away his social media until he does because this kind of thing keeps happening when you over have over and over and over. And lack and... of impulse control. Mm-hmm. So I just, you know, th- these little indie IndyCider shows that we do, it's not just talking about what's going on in the matches, but, you know, it's kind of going what's on in the world of pro- professional wrestling when they do happen. Moving on. Um, Matt Carr. All right. Here's the real main event of this show. Holy All cow. right. Mr. Independent Wrestling, Matt Cardona. He might be my new favorite wrestler. Your match
0: times are jacked up, by the way. Are they? Oh, I'm going off
1: Wikipedia page.
0: Yeah, no, never trust Wikipedia.
1: Okay. Um, In any case, let me continue to fillet Matt Cardona.
0: Uh, By all means, Felicio away.
1: (laughs) He's so good. I mean, I love a guy who truly understands what it means to be a heel in professional wrestling and you know and really go at really antagonize the crowd and go after them and make them hate you because we have so many of these whiny pansies
0: in the world of professional
1: wrestling who don't want to be booed. They can't their egos can't handle it. No
0: it's more of a case of so many of these people that don't want to be booed because it hurts their merchandise sales. See,
1: I don't know about that because I know there's plenty of people who want who who
0: support the heel and want to buy the heel merchandise. You'd but, be surprised a lot of pro wrestling fans are still of that mark mentality where they're only going to go with the baby faces. Even still,
1: though, Parry, that's a that's a short sight. If you're if you're putting, you know, wrestler A in front of me and saying they don't want to be a heel because they're afraid they won't sell as many t-shirts. That's throwing the baby out with the bathwater and not seeing the forest for the trees. The idea is to have heels that you want to pay to see get their ass beat. I agree. The rising tide lifts all ships. And so, Matt, so you, here you have Matt Cardona with his hot-ass girlfriend tearing up the indie scene, making everybody on Earth hate him.
0: And it's well, great. Y- another thing, too, about that for Cardona is cardona realizes that there was potential in the character that he had portrayed for the wwe he just never mm-hmm. got to fully portray that character right the inter- the internet championship that trollish nature of cardona's of cardona's personality that would come can out can you imagine that. this iteration
1: of matt cardona in an extended feud with john cena no would've, oh it would have been money Would no if they had just let matt cardona be matt cardona and he could be this antagonistic and and then you have cena you know, during the, why is Zack Ryder not on television phase? They'd again, a rising tide lifts all ships. John Cena would, would have bent over backwards to get him over.
0: I think that Cardona could have reached potential to have a higher spot in the WWE, but not this mm-hmm. version of Matt Cardona, because this, ver- this version of Matt Cardona would have never seen the light of day in the WWE because it's too unfamily friendly. Okay. Use your imagination. Okay. Use your imagination. Let's think out of the box here. I they, can't. This is the WWE we're talking about. We're not allowed to do that. We're going to pretend that WWE night.
1: isn't run by, by accountants and brain-dead people.
0: And, and a 75-year-old sep- <laughs> septuagenarian who wouldn't know what touches if it yeah, bit yeah. him square in, in on this, the ass.
1: In this parallel universe, good ideas are allowed to blossom and people can get over organically. That's what I'm saying.
0: WWE <laughs> versus creative come to life.
1: Yes. So in my parallel universe where a guy like Matt Cardona can actually do a PG version of that character, I think it does work. And I think I don't Sino disagree
0: with it. that. I don't disagree with that. I think that I think that there's potential for Cardona in the grand scheme of wrestling mm-hmm. because of the fact that Cardona gets it. I was gonna say, is there like another hotter indie
1: guy right now that's more in demand to come on to his show and get people to want to set these seats on fire? Because I don't know of anyone besides Matt Cardona.
0: And uh, look at all the work that he does through his uh through his podcast as well, the Major mm-hmm. Figures Pro Wrestling Podcast too, the Major Brothers Wrestling Figure Podcast or whatever they call it, Major Wrestling mm-hmm. Podcast, I think it is. Look at everything that they've done for all the people that have been associated with that particular podcast and what they're doing for the careers of people like Mark Sterling and bringing Hornswoggle back into relevance, once again
1: Mm -hmm.
0: right um well he took on uh Joey Janela the king of the outlaw mud show as Jim Cornette would call him (laughs) good old old, uh jelly Nutella uh you know I I I think
1: Joey tries his best to kind of keep up with some of the guys who are more polished and you know and that that's the really funny thing because as much as Zack Ryder got cracked on over the years he was in the WWE um you know, he, he here he's the vet he's the veteran. He's the uh you know, he's a solid worker by comparison. Uh the match was okay. It's a, I, I I'm more focusing long. on the the character work of Matt Cardone and all the antics that went on outside with him and I, Kelsey Green. There was a point where I don't remember a lot of the match.
0: I think so uh Cardona pins Janela with a uh, Rough Rider mm-hmm. or whatever he's calling it these days. Uh, through the through a door set up across two chairs at nineteen minutes and forty two seconds. Why does he hate McFoley? I mean, other side from the fact that McFoley's just cheap today. heat, in, cheap eat in New York. Uh, okay, it's they're in New York City. Foley's from Long Island. It's the only reason. Foley wasn't even there. No, he wasn't. It, it was more for cheap heat in New York City, than because okay. Foley is universally loved. It's not universal. I don't like him. Well, it's been nice doing this series with you, Mark.
1: <laughs> I, uh, I look. I, I credit McFoley for all the wonderful things he's done in his career, and he certainly brought a lot of joy to my life. I have not. I have not enjoyed wait, wait. his Twitter personality.
0: Okay, yeah, super, super pro vaccine politics, McFoley. Not so much a fan of. Yeah, pro definitely. wrestler McFoley, awesome.
1: Yeah, no, pro wrestling McFoley um up okay I, McCoy, I can accept that one of the first times yes <laughs> modern <laughs> McFoley, foley where he's condescending and kind of a
0: jackass not so much oh so basically before he turned into terry funk <laughs> gotcha uh-huh. my horses um all right moving on We're, real quick back to the cardona janella yeah. match I think the smoke and mirrors help this match mm-hmm. because neither of these guys is capable of going 20 straight. The problem is, is it should have never been booked to go 20 in the first place.
1: Yeah, this 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 was definitely you could shave probably
0: definitely. seven to ten off I'm of this. Match. Say,
1: yeah, you took the word out of my mouth.
0: Seven minutes. This is a 12 minute match at best. And you can still do all of the all of the character work that you do with us uh, with uh, Sam Stackhouse and Swoggle. And by the Mark. way,
1: that seven minutes that that you shaved off of that match should have gone into the main event. We'll get we'll to that momentarily. Talk
0: about that when we get there. Yes. Yeah. Because the main event got screwed. It was actually supposed to be about double what it was. Yeah. All right. Uh, the second gear crew: Mance
1: Warner and Matthew Justice with Sabu and Bill Alfonso. By the way, love Matthew Justice. He's another guy you I look at and I'm like. Huh, you are made. You are built to be a WWE superstar. They just haven't noticed
0: you. Um, uh, <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Matthew Justice was under a developmental deal a couple of years back, uh, and then and they didn't notice him. They let him go. They he wa- he walked out on the company. Oh, did he really? <laughs> Why yeah. did he walk out? I heard personal issues. I don't know anything more specific uh, than that. I don't wish to speculate. Yeah, that's a shame. Let's move on.
1: <clears throat> so, Mance Warner and. Former NXT superstar Matthew Justice with Sabu and Bill <laughs> FCW, <O'Fonson>. but <clears throat> defeated four four oh of Atticus Cougar, Eddie Only, Gregory Iron, and Bobby Be- Beverly
0: by pinfall. Not a match.
1: Yeah, I Wh- barely remember. Wikipedia it. has
0: that wrong. It was a segment. It was not a match. Okay um anything, they anything? counted a pinfall by sabu on one of the members of 440 i think mm. it was i think it was eric ryan i'm not sure but no not actually a match yeah I, i'm gonna be honest with you i don't remember the segment that's why i'm just reading it off the off the thing and though. as <laughs> and as a resident of that particular four four oh area yeah well technically i'm just below the four four oh down in the three three oh but still oh my god <laughs> get on with it i'm um, I'm a fan of uh
1: four four zero. Yeah, I liked four again. That during that period where um, RSP
0: you know, was carrying GCW. With,
1: yeah, I said during the whole like uh, COVID era, like RSP was like the main villain there, and they actually had a fairly decent story with him, you know, in his little N.W. crew esque four four zero with their neon uh, t-shirts. All right, uh, the next match: Ruby Soho making yet another indie appearance, and she took on Alley Cat by pinfall in just under ten minutes. Um, they put on. A, I was really surprised Ruby Soho got the win here. This was an opportunity to put over, wasn't Allie supposed Cat. to. Okay, yeah, I was gonna say, like, you, you would think that some of these big name stars they would use to put over their own home. You remember Allie. when
0: I told you that? Remember when I told you that they had cards played against them throughout the course oh, of the yes. show? Go ahead, this, play, play this one, buddy. This was one of them, so talk about it. Uh, Allie Cat was supposed... Or Allie Cat, as she's now known, formerly mm-hmm. Allie Cat, was supposed to go over here and it got changed the day of the show. Tony Khan put his foot
1: down? My assumption. That's dumb. Rubiso has already lost on television.
0: It's, she, she, loses, <clears throat> she loses nothing. She just, she just got beated. She just got beated beyond by Alex Shelley in the show that we covered here on yeah, Fet, Fet Forever. That's right. That's right.
1: Yeah, I don't... And I, look... At this point, you know we're all happy. Ruby, uh, Ruby Soho made it to AEW; she's in the mix. If she loses on some indie show like this, who gives a crap? That's a really this is a really petty thing to say, and, like you know, to get involved in.
0: And just as importantly to that too, I, I think the fact that this was over traditional pay per view is the reason that that decision was made. Mm-hmm. But just as importantly here, this could have this was supposed to be the big moment of Ali Catch's career. Mm-hmm. because they had built this up as Ali Catch's dream match. Did you see the uh the promotional video for this match yeah, that yeah. aired right before? It yeah. was yeah, fantastic. Yeah, it was. It was really good. And this should have been a crowning moment for Ali Catch and potentially the start of a women's division in GCW. Mm-hmm. But you're going to have an outsider like a you're going to have an outsider like a Ruby Soho who has a, if we're being honest, has had a very disappointing run in AEW thus far. Yeah, she had the one good match
1: on her debut, and then that was kind of downhill from there. But I mean Thunder Rosa, kind of the same thing. You know, she's had her ups and downs. Serena uh Serena Diva, I'm thinking of another one who
0: probably should Chris be Stat. Uh, no, not Chris Statlander. Um no, I'm saying Chris Stat's had a relatively disappointing run in AEW as well. She hasn't had a whole lot of memorable matches or moments. Right.
1: Um look at someone like Nyla Rose. Nyla Rose should have been, you know, booked like a like an absolute killer. And, and was for a while. It's it's so, but it's so like hit and miss. They take the wind out of her sails just when she starts to get any kind of momentum. And then she gets beats like be, she gets beat by people like Riho. You
0: know, I will who, be, uh, I will be curious to see what they do for Nyla versus Ruby this, uh, this Wednesday on dynamite.
1: Yeah, I might watch. I mean, I know um, my son and I did the uh, commentary for beach break and they did an advertisement for MJF and CM Punk, which is a, which is a fun angle, and uh, you know the, these guys are both good talkers, and
0: I, and I like the vibe, um, so I might that actually ma- get a chance to watch Dynamite this week. I am going to officially state before it happens right now. I don't think that match happens on Wednesday. Probably not. I I, I got to imagine they have to save their first touch for a Revolution, <clears throat> which is sold out here in Orlando, Florida, February right? Uh, March, really? Mm-hmm. So they're gonna do what? March, May, August. Uh, March, May, September, and November. Then Revolution's always in March. I thought Revolution was in February last no,
1: year. No, sir. It's always in. So it's always it's always March,
0: May, uh, September, and then yeah. November. I know Double or Nothing is in May. I could have sworn Revolution was in February last year. Nope, nope. It's always in. Uh, it's always in March. I'm googling that. Go ahead. Continue. Um. All right. So
1: moving on. Uh, the next one was probably the best match of the night. Like, easily, like, this was a match you could have put on any mainstream television show, and and I think it would have done well. The guys in it look like professional wrestlers. I mean, first of all, uh, big Effie fan here, as we all know. <laughs> I tweet I tweet Effie on Twitter, and he retweets me, or he likes my tweets. Hi, Effie. You're the best. Can't wait to for your big gay brunch. I've watched every single big gay brunch. We will be covering more. Of the big gay brunch this uh for the collective this year. Love Effie. I don't think he's ever gonna get, I mean he might get to the AEW. There, you know, we were talking before about their inclusiveness. They might bring him in, but he's he's got such a fun look and charisma about him, and it's
0: so not gonna work in the WWE. I think the problem with his I think the promic the problem with Effie is his gimmick is a little bit too strong for AEW. I got with, you know. With, with the corp with all the corporate stuff that they have to handle and everything,
1: I mean, if they can have Sunny Kiss, I don't know why they can't have Effie, but um, but Effie is one of the few guys on this crew who I think could make the all things being equal. And again, don't jump up and down and be like, not with the people they have running it, all things being equal, Effie's one of those guys who's just sharp enough, I think, that he could make the leap to mainstream wrestling without missing a beat. And he's got all the charisma in the world. And then I've never seen Jeff Jarrett look so good. Like I used to hate Jeff. Jeff Jarrett had go away heat with me for the longest time. He looked Jack. He looked young. He looked like a killer. Where was this Jeff Jarrett? It's the last during the the, fucking NWO two thousand era.
0: The last outlaw look for Jarrett, the all black, is a really good look for him. I absolutely agree. He looked he, at least ten years younger than he looks in his WWE appearances.
1: Oh yeah, like when I think he's in the Hall of Fame now, right? If I'm remembering correctly, yes he is. I, I remember he looked super old during
0: his Hall of Fame speech. He, he came was, out looking. He like- was just real quick. He was just on SmackDown a couple like a week and a half ago, and he looked mm-hmm. like a dinosaur. Right. He come. He comes out at uh. He comes out at World on GCW, and he looks like a world beater. I was gonna say, like what they throw
1: him in did he bathe in a Lazarus pit? He looks like ten years younger than he did just like you said, just a couple of weeks ago.
0: He found that fountain of youth. It's apparently he Ivory found, found, found...
1: <laughs> Yeah, really. He found something, man. Um, I don't Can know, you... it's human growth hormone or you know, or, Can... or cow testicles or what. Can you believe that Ivory is fucking sixty years old? She looked hot, man. You know, listen, listen, I was as I told my feminist eleven year old daughter, not that I didn't want Alicia to splash herself with soda again, but I'll tell you, I free. I free in her right to censor outfit. Woohoo, hubba. hubba. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you what I what again what I told my eleven year old feminist daughter, I'm a man, I like women,
0: and I'm gonna say it out loud. I, I'm not ashamed uh for more on for more of this commentary, check out the live stream commentary for the Royal Rumble <laughs> available here on the Rhine Lion Broadcasting network apparently oh yeah yeah your your buddy Liz was in the uh, comment section for that Well, that's nice
1: <laughs> Hi Liz I like Liz. Liz is cool. Liz yeah, is good Liz. people. Yeah, Liz was having fun with us. Um, did, <laughs> found some of our commentary questionable, but qu- questionable commentary is what we do here on the Rattleton Broadcasting Network.
0: Liz has done a podcast with me. I think you guys are okay.
1: <laughs> um, did, uh, did Liz tell you, did anyone reach out to you a bit yet about the, uh, the wrestling trivia show that we're doing? Uh, oh, I, I think I did. And you said when it gets closer to picking a
0: date. I will let you know. Yeah, I, do, yeah. I do feel like it would be kind of unfair to put me against those amateurs though.
1: Okay, geek. Um, it's gonna be like Gavin of the Casual Heroes. Hang on, champion, hang
0: on. champion, sir.
1: Hang on. I, I take umbrage to that, considering I have Pat, who has the memory of a goddamn elephant, uh, who's been doing the main wrestling shows with me. Trivia right. champion, sir. Don't then don't, don't, don't be a pussy and take on Pat, who's the real champion. He he, he him in between him and Gavin, you have stiff competition, my friend. I'll put them two against you any day.
0: Tell me when the show is, and we'll make it work. All right.
1: All right, all right. Um, Calling me out on air. All right, I see how it is. (laughs) Yeah, welcome to the Radlin Broadcasting Network.
0: (laughs) I don't necessarily (laughs) want to do this. Oh, yeah, you're a pussy. Fine, I'm in. (laughs) That's basically what just happened. I got punk
1: carding. There's no basically about it. That is exactly what happened. (laughs) Pulled my punk card. Okay. Uh, Jeff Jarrett, Effie was probably my favorite match of the night. This was awesome. This was everything I wanted to be. Again, I don't know why. I mean, I'm, I hope they're gonna do more with Effie and Jeff Jarrett. This is just chapter one because I would hate to see so many GCW guys get beat on their own show, and then there's no follow up. So, and that
0: that was my biggest problem here, specifically the mm-hmm. fact that the three major matches that were promoted that mm-hmm. could happen because obviously AJ Gray versus Eddie Kingston couldn't happen. Right. Obviously, Blake Christian versus Jonathan Gresham couldn't happen because uh, Kingston's injury and Gresham having COVID. Janela lost, Alley Catch lost, Effie lost. Janela has a history of losing these marquee matches. He does it all mm-hmm. the time on spring break. It's not exactly a surprise. Right. Alley catch was supposed to go over, and I wouldn't be surprised if Effie was supposed to go over too.
1: That's a shame. Um, but, hey, I'm going to go ahead and give him the benefit of the doubt and say this is just chapter one, and in I the hope end, so. Effie will win. In the end, ugh, Effie will win.
0: In the end, up. Oh, never mind. I Can't finish that sentence without getting us thrown <laughs> off the air. Next, yeah, please, please don't get me demonetized. All right, John Moxie took on
1: Homicide. John Moxie, the current GCW World Heavyweight Champion, which I had completely forgotten about because he was in rehab for as long as he was. Uh, this went, according to Wikipedia, uh, eleven minutes fourteen seconds. You know, John Moxie and Homicide. That's... I think put on a halfway decent
0: match. I have eleven twenty six for mine with the Death Rider onto an open chair, but um. Mm-hmm. For as young as Jeff Jarrett looked, Homicide Mm
1: -hmm. looked old. Yeah. I had forgotten. My lasting memory of Homicide is the one time TNA went against Raw on a Monday night, and they put that ridiculous
0: domed cage. Oh, the the Thunderdome, whatever the fuck it was called. Yeah. And he couldn't get out of the cage. (laughs) Because he was supposed to meet Hardy up on top of the cage. Yeah. Yeah. They they couldn't climb out. I cannot do the the glasses because of the glare. It's pissing Mm. me off. Because
1: he was, uh, however, it was domed. He just didn't have the body, upper body strength to get himself out of it. He
0: was supposed to like pull himself up through that small hole on the top of the cage and meet up, meet Hardy up there on top of the cage for a fight or whatever.
1: Uh, Hardy was up there looking like he was waiting on a bus.
0: Uh, (laughs) Poor Homicide checking his Apple Watch, looking for apps and things to play (laughs) while he's like waiting.
1: He's baking a cake. He's doing his taxes. Uh, Poor Homicide, so embarrassing. But, yeah, Homicide's been around for, like, forever, and he looked it. You're not wrong. Um, I will say this much, though, Mox looks amazing. Yeah, Mox looks refreshed. Uh, he got the help that he needed, and hopefully he'll be with us for a long time. I was kind of hoping, we were, we were talking about this, I don't know how much of the Royal Rumble commentary you heard, but we were kind of hoping Mox was going to interfere in the uh, Seth Rollins-Roman Reigns match. But uh, there was no forbidden door here. Mox has made very public that he has no interest in working
0: for the WWE ever again.
1: Hey, it's what happens when you, you know, when you're mistreated in the company and you burn every bridge with every talent that you have. Oi. All right, last
0: last match. Oh, you got the Mox book, huh? Full-on burial inside of here. Yeah, he has no intention of going back.
1: I might have to give that a a read or an audio audio listen. All right. In the main event, this one was kind of a letdown. I mean, everybody who I who who has anything positive to say about GCW, this was this was a bit of blue balls. This was uh, uh, not not what anyone wanted, but you know the crowd seemed happy, so whatever. Who cares what I think? It was Matt Tremont and Nick Gage who open, who answered the open challenge of the Briscoes. This went about five
0: minutes. Five know, minutes, you... 38 seconds. Yeah, um,
1: and the Briscoes have already lost their GCW Tag Team Championship, and then Nick Gage gave a Phil on esque incomprehensible speech at the end. I uh for me the night ended with Moxley and Homicide. This
0: was this was BS, but I'll let you have your have your say here. I I understood what Gage had to say. Yeah, the match only going 5 minutes was a colossal disappointment, but mm-hmm. th- this this is where being on traditional pay-per-view screwed them.
1: No, hang on. See, everyone says that. Like, oh, you know, cuz I saw that on Twitter too. Like the hot take was, "Oh, well, You know, it was because of the pay-per-view. Sorry, y'all know how to tell time. Chuck D. Chuck D. Messed up a night where he was opening up for U2. I don't know if you know this or not. But Chuck D. tells the story that when Public Enemy was touring with U2, I think it was, um, they went over on their set time. And the next night, it was docked from their set time. They had to make up the time. See, you 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 people, you are adults, you are responsible people, you know how to tell time. You should know how to, you know, wait, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. You're calling G CW responsible now? Yes, these are responsible. Well, you want to play with the big boys and do pay-per-view and talk about how successful you are, run your promotion like adults.
0: Well, I'm not saying that it shouldn't have happened, but clearly it didn't. Well, but the but the excuse, Harry, of, oh,
1: well, it's because they were on pay-per-view. Sorry, they didn't just land if on pay-per-view were, midway through the show and not know they were there. The
0: point being is that if mm-hmm. this show were strictly on fight TV, this match would have been longer. I understand that. But they knew they had a hard out.
1: At Listen, if me and you are recording, right, mm-hmm. and I say I have to hard out at exactly 60 minutes and we have 15 minutes left, you know what I'm doing? I'm cutting the next segment, Okay. Peace Uh, out, peace out, ICW. We're we're done. (laughs) My point (laughs) is that if you know you're going to hard out at eleven, and you're starting, and you start doing clocks for each one of your matches, you got to realize, hey, this isn't going to work. We're going to go over, so cut seven minutes off the Matt Cardona match, which is what should have happened. Yeah, that's what. But that's how adults run their business. So this BS about it's the pay per views fault. No, no, no it's lauderdale no, and i'm putting it
0: pictures. i'm putting it on lauderdale and, okay. and uh and john carlo i'm putting okay. it on them for for mistiming it and then people probably running over their times anyways because it's i don't know if you're aware of the phrase indio clock but it's a very real thing <laughs> go home man
1: eventually <laughs> suggestion yeah. go home i'm not gonna i'm gonna have a sandwich
0: oh, have you have you ever heard the story about the one independent promoter i, I heard this story and i legit fell off my almost fell off my chair laughing Please, there was God. one independent promoter who would send out the go home signals mm-hmm. and if the promoter and if the wrestlers in the ring wouldn't go home he'd literally turn off the lights in the building
1: that's awesome literally get a hook <laughs> yes
0: just more or less he he's hitting
1: him with the gong show nope <laughs> All right so I enjoyed the world on GCW for what it was the crowd seemed very very happy I would watch uh I would continue to support GCW um I'm, I'm not you know again I'm not like the work rate snob. I'm you know I enjoy my uh my, my garbage wrestling but they actually outside of that that outside of the timing issue and sort of the lackluster main event due to the time constraints
0: I, I thought this was a really good show six and a half which I've seen a lot of people go a lot lower on this show, and I think it's un- uncalled for and you know, disrespectful to the talent. Oh yeah, better than average. Now, that's really that's a shame. This is I thought this was a better than average show. I'm uh, good for a six or a seven. One of the guys on four one one I think gave it a three, which is just downright disrespectful. <laughs> what did he want to see happen here? So uh, Scott Keith hated it too. Okay but in fairness, Scott Keith hates pretty much everything that is in AEW these days. So Okay, maybe maybe stop watching
1: wrestling then. Go outside and take a walk there, Scott Keith. Do you have a daughter? Play with her. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Maybe find a new hobby. Um, I'm going to give you the final word on this, and then we're going to move on to the next segment.
0: Uh, Overall, I thought the world on GCW was a solid event that obviously had its issues. The ladder match itself was clunky, but again, independent wrestling ladder matches tend to be clunky, so this was true to form. (laughs) <laughs> the Cardona Janela match. I'm going to skip around a little bit here and there. The Cardona Janela match was fun for what it was mm-hmm. told the story that they needed to tell, but probably could have told that story seven to 10 minutes quicker. Yeah. And then when you factor in entrances and everything, that whole segment ran like a half an hour. Right. So, uh, yeah, I cut like the, cut the X-Pac appearance. How about that? I like uh, that's setting up spring break though. Yeah. It's going to be Pawk and uh, Janela against Cardona and Myers at spring break. Right. Um, almost certainly. Okay. Um, All right. The Moxley homicide match was a good was a good telling retelling of their story, and I loved Lenny Leonard being on commentary for that because Lenny Leonard was the commentator for Evolve when they feuded in Evolve. Okay. So he was able to perfectly tell the story that they needed to tell there. The main event was disappointing, running only five and a half minutes, but the sight of the entire GCW roster in the ring celebrating the fact that they made it onto pay-per-view, very similar to how it was at the end of, the barely legal in 1997, like you talked about and the entire roster in the ring, celebrating with Terry Funk as he won the ECW heavyweight championship. It gave me that vibe. Yep. A hundred percent. I was totally waiting for the ring to fall apart, by the way.
1: All right. (laughs) uh, um, Well, at least there is a ring to fall apart here
0: as opposed to what's about to happen.
1: Yeah, buddy. Well, I'll tell you what's going to happen for you listeners of the Indie Ciders TV party that you're listening to. Grammarly is offering a free download of the Grammarly software. Grammarly's AI-powered products help people communicate more effectively. Grammarly said, helps you like write mistake-free on Gmail, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and nearly anywhere else you write on the web. Grammarly corrects hundreds of grammar, punctuation, and spelling mistakes while also catching contextual errors improving your vocabulary, and suggesting style improvements. To download Grammarly today, go to getgrammarly.com slash W2M network. Again, that's getgrammarly.com slash W2M network to download Grammarly for free. All right, and now we move on to No Holds Barred, baby.
0: ICW21. Is, is, can we stop using that stupid fucking song from the movie? <laughs> God, that song sucks
1: um all right so we have eight matches here if you've seen an icw match you kind of know what you're in for i have a couple of talking points here we'll go through the card here there is definitely some things i i wanted to uh mention but the icw a lot of them it's just a lot of hitting each other over the edge with light tubes and uh gusset plates and other dumb shit yeah, it, it's it's a little hard to sort of differentiate one match to the next, but there are there there were some minor differences here from one thing to another. So bear with us, but uh, let's. So th- you have you sent me the times here. I'm going to go off your list instead of going to another page here. Uh, and it's actually good that you started with this one because I need to talk about this. Akira pinned Clint Margera uh, an SST on uh, um, barbed wire door at 16 minutes and 59 seconds. So I'm over stabbing people with a knife in pro wrestling, and there's no blood. You have to pick one. Either stab them or don't stab them, but don't mimic stabbing them, and then there's no blood. Because I don't know if you know this or not, Harry, but when you stab somebody with a knife, they bleed. <laughs> okay?
0: And I, what I the could tell. Not- I could not agree more. I thought this match a ran way too long for an opener, especially yeah. on a night where you knew there was going to be a bunch of weaponry and shit. hmm Uh, I understand that Clint's starting to make a name for himself up in that area. Akira is kind of well known in the deathmatch community. Oh, but he's Akira
1: is like Akira is this like wonderful young whippersnapper up and comer in this series. He's been on a bunch of these, and all they talk about is like he had a match with Matt Tremont on one of these. Akira is like like the next big death, he's like the next Nick Gage, basically. Except he's never gonna get there at the rate he's going. I saw um, an ICW show like just after lockdown where he yeeted off the roof of the place. It looked awesome, but he's gonna mess himself up one day. But also, like I said, you can clearly see him holding the blade, and then he's like, you know, mimicking jamming Clint Margera with it. And I'm like, no, no. Now, now, now you t- look. Deathmatch wrestling has its issues, but it's not like totally phony. These guys are really hurting each other. And that looked, as as they say, as phony as a football bat.
0: Yeah, the, the problem that I have, too, is, in, like you said when we were discussing this, a lot of these matches tend to run together, and a lot of these stipulations run together. And the mm-hmm. problem here is, and this is my big issue with the no-holds-barred series is there's only so much you can do with the chains for the ropes because you can't really do anything off the ropes with them. And they only have that one platform in the ring in order to do high spots. But the high spots that they do off of that platform are usually super contrived because you have to work together in order to get up to the platform. Right. Because of the ropes being what they are with the chains. I get that Demonte wanted to do something different with no hearts bar, no holds barred, and I understand that. And I appreciate the attempt. Mm-hmm. I think the execution is flawed. If you wanted to do two sides of chains and two sides of ropes, I could see that being sufficient. Mm-hmm. But th- the way that they have it set up here, it's just everything bleeds together and nothing really stands out.
1: No, the only this this was my issue with the IWA tournament, I think a year or two ago um where you know there was so many death matches between two nights i couldn't differentiate from one night to the next and the only thing that made them different was when they would put like giant light tube props in there you know it was the same thing with the three nights of gcw in japan which my son and i thought was a hoot um but it was a lot of the same kind of stuff but then like when Schlack took on ayatollah what's his face kobayashi um, kobayashi yeah that's when they had the light tubes all you know uh, strapped to the ropes and everything, and they were these the big... main
0: event for tonight for, for this show, actually, yeah. it's the same way. And that right. stands out much more than these right. general ones that happened on the build up to that. Um, but
1: but again, you, you can only do that so many times before it gets redundant, too. So, um, yeah, I just that was sort of my takeaway from Akira Clint Margera. I like Akira, I think you know, he, yeah. really, he really puts forth the effort for something like this, and he's definitely making himself known. But they gotta lose the stabbing with the knife thing. Like
0: please don't do that again. SST stands for severe skull trauma. It's a tribute to Axel Rotten, who used that move as his finisher. Rest in peace. Uh next match,
1: Colby Carino defeated Brandon Kirk in just under 10 minutes. Um I actually like this match. Yeah, this one this one actually felt like a wrestling match. And, and not to mention moments, this-
0: but not to mention it also had it also had some legitimate heat going into it. And with the video that they played beforehand, mm-hmm. seeing Steve Carino pop up on an ICW show was a pleasant surprise for me because I am a huge Steve Carino mark. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, this one um wasn't nearly as bloody or as gross as the one before it or the ones that will come after it.
0: They're actually pretty good. Um I can't I remember why th- they stopped. What was the reason they stopped it again? Uh the finish was uh Casey Cattell threw in the towel for Brandon Kurt. Oh, that's right. While, yeah. while he was in the while he was in the crossface. Gotcha. Gotcha. Colby right. had a Colby had a barbed wire crossface on Brandon Kurt and Brandon's wife, Casey Cattell, threw in the towel. Gotcha. All right. So let let's just get this out
1: in the open right now. Let's just deal with it. When you look like Shane Douglas looked, maybe don't wrestle anymore. I mean, I don't know what Shane's been doing over these past few years, but make a decision. You're either gonna have a comeback and hit the gym and not look like you're pregnant, or you're not wrestling. Like it, you know, put on a sports coat, maybe manage somebody's special okay. appearance. So and, and, and can we and 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 how, I, I know that Shane Douglas <laughs> I think I might have told the story when when we reviewed the ECW, the XPW show. Look, I know that everywhere Shane Douglas went, somebody pissed him off and he had to do a speech about it. It's been a hundred years. Get a life, Shane. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
0: Let it go,
1: buddy. Go to church or something.
0: All right. So I will say this much. Mm -hmm. I am a fan of the franchise. Sure. I have been for years. I had an opportunity to meet him at an at a uh, ring at a benefit show that a, a buddy of mine put on, mm-hmm. where I, I I worked the door and I also did some backstage interviews and I had the chance to meet Douglas and Douglas could not have been nicer when I met him. Mm-hmm. I know not everybody has had that same experience with Douglas. I know that he has burned a lot of bridges in wrestling, some of them through his own volition, some of them through other means. <laughs> Shane Douglas should not be wrestling in 2022.
1: Shane Douglas looked like. There was a point where um, Danny Demento, <coughs> Demonto. Demonto, you know, Demento, Demento. Um, you spelled it Demento. It's pronounced. I, Dem- it's p- spelled Demento. It's pronounced Demento. Had him laid out on like a table or a door or something, and I thought Shane Douglas <laughs> was going to give birth. I- <laughs> <laughs> I thought when when DeMonto, Tomato, or whatever his name is, <laughs> hit him, a baby was going to yeet out of his womb into the crowd. <laughs> Yikes! How about you? A second. <laughs> <laughs> breathe, breathe. You forgot to breathe again.
0: Yeah, Shane. Shane looked
1: pretty bad. I mean, look. the best
0: part, the best part of this match was Shane coming out to "Perfect Strangers" by Deep by Deep Purple. Sure. His old um, ECW theme song.
1: Another one where you know we have the Doug, old ledge real old quick legend come back yeah. and uh and he and he ends up winning the match. Go ahead. Just about
0: to say Douglas over belly to belly through a half-cut soda can table board gimmick in nine minutes or excuse me. Yeah, nine minutes and twenty-nine seconds. All right. Next one, Kroll pins Justin Kyle full full
1: forward, full Nelson slam onto the chairs at just under 12 minutes. I don't
0: even remember this match, i to be honest with you. Justin Kyle was built up as this big deal. It was basically two large dudes no-selling each other for most of them. Oh, games. that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, now I remember. Cruel is a guy in MLW. He's known as Mats Kruger. I don't okay. know if that helps any. A little bit. Uh, Justin Kyle is an obnoxious prick who can go fuck himself. <laughs> did, did, did he hurt you, Harry? I reiterate my statement. I feel no <laughs> need to expand. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, the Satu... match, it, like I said, the match itself was basically just two large dudes no-selling each other for most of the match.
1: Yeah. Satu Jin pinned Casanova Valentine with a Uranagi through the barbed wire door. To Who's I said
0: Kasanova... Uranagi. That's the joke. Who's urinagi? Uranagi. Right. That was the joke that the announcer kept making during the sh- during. <laughs>
1: okay you, you don't even get drums for that or a trombone you get you get the crickets um that was the gc it was the gcw reference i was doing work at the time i wasn't listening um, fine. <laughs> be like that all right uh casanova valentine is a tall drink of water man he he like so many of these guys like you look at and you're like you really do death matches all righty like casanova valentine, I, like. Li- like Looks like if Lemmy was a uh, (laughs)
0: deathmatch wrestler, I dig on Casanova Valentine. Man, that's actually a really good. That's a really good comparison. Now that I think about it, Uh, Satu Jin looks like he stopped working at the local Chinese restaurant in order to do a (laughs) deathmatch. Yeah. Uh, seriously, how the fuck? Demonetized. Sorry, how the f does a dude who looks like Abdullah the Butcher's illegitimate kid <laughs> end up getting a spot on this card here. Like, he is one-third of the rejects. I mean, you can't have Slack on every show. Yeah, I would have preferred Slack, honestly. Well, who wouldn't? I mean, you know... Slack, Slack was actually really cool when I met him, too, when I did the IWA King of the Deathmatch show. That's but awesome. anyways, um, Satuji G- doesn't look like a wrestler. So there are two different kinds of Deathmatch wrestling. There are that hybrid style of deathmatch wrestlers. Your Nate mm-hmm. Webb's, your Nick Mondo's, your JC Bailey's, your uh, guys from Japan like um, Yun Kasai and uh, what's the one guy's name? Uh, Thumbtack Jack from Germany. Mm-hmm. Guys that can actually make it look like a legitimate fight while having the deathmatch elements. And then there are fat dudes who walk around hitting people with shit. <laughs> he is definitely the latter. These kind of deathmatches. Piss me off because Casanova Valentine is actually really fucking talented. Yeah, it's pretty good. And Satu Jin is really fucking not.
1: (laughs) All right. The next match here we have the women's match, Mickey Knuckles versus Ludark Shatai. Oh,
0: I love Mickey, but good lord. Yeah, this was
1: not look. I I don't want to bag on like the women. Oh, women can't do deathmatch wrestling. I mean, Brit look. I still have very fond memories of Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa doing their death match at the St. Patrick's Day show last year on ECW. Lights out. Yes. Yeah, it was a death match. Let's call it what it was. Um, That was a hoot. It was a it was a great show. Women can do this stuff. These two gals. I mean, like you know, one thing that Jim Cornette says is like you can. The thing about, like, independent wrestling is the talent sometimes can be so bad, can be so low that when they try to do something that the guys do, it exposes it for how fake it really is. Like, these two women were kind of embarrassing
0: for a deathmatch show. It was not good. I Okay, I'm going to say this. I've been a fan of Mickey Knuckles for years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I first saw her when she was breaking into IWA Mid South back when I got into the promotion back in like 2006, 2007. She'd been around for a couple of years. Chris Hero trained, Ian Rotten trained, Tracy mm-hmm. Smothers trained, was actually a, a solid little worker. Uh, a decent woman's wrestler would have matches against guys on occasion as well. Then Mickey left wrestling, had two kids, and has since come back recently. Mm-hmm. and unfortunately, Mickey looks like she's recently had two kids and isn't taking wrestling as seriously as she used to. She didn't look like Ronda Rousey, I'll tell you that much. Ronda wasn't in any kind of ring shape either, but that's neither here nor there. I mean, she was in better shape than Mickey Knuckles. Is my that's not that difficult of a comparison at this point, <laughs> let's be honest.
1: Ludark Shaitan. I love is, Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch had a kid too and came back and looked perfect.
0: But, and, and it's, it's the Irish in her, I'm telling you. Okay. Uh, Ludark Shaitan is actually a very decent wrestler. Mm -hmm. She is not a great deathmatch worker because of the fact that a lot of her deathmatch stuff, as you were saying, does not look good. Yeah. The problem is, is when you put this against, when you put them against each other on a show like this, their inability to have an actual wrestling match out around the just the, the traded light weapon shots, specifically the light tubes and stuff. Once they stopped hitting each other with the light tubes, it's like they ran out of ideas. <laughs> yeah, it was
1: not good, man. I, there was one bit where they put the, they, and, I, and I have really come to hate this, and at the, in the beginning, I kind of just accepted it as part of the culture, but I've come to hate it. The, 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 the stupid thing where they put the chairs in directly in front of each other and they take turns slapping each other. I, I know that's like you're supposed to show how tough you are. And in this case, I think like the, the, she did like, we're going to have a conversation. And it was like, oh, God. Yeah, it's, the, uh, it's the it's the Necro Butcher spot. The bar fight spot. Okay, the Necro Butcher has been dead for a thousand years. It, let's retire his spot.
0: Necro's actually about to get back into wrestling again. He's a billion years old. I don't disagree with that. He's still about to get back into wrestling. (laughs) Necro Butcher was there when the
1: first Stardust formed Planets. We don't need him in wrestling or his stupid spot. Let's move. Let's evolve as people, Harry. Let's move on. Okay, next match.
0: (laughs) You said to move on, so we're going to uh, move on. Mickey Knuckles. Knuckles. Real quick, th- Mickey Knuckles versus Dark Shaitan ends in a draw via double pinfall at 16 minutes and 33 seconds. Yeah, lost me well before that. Uh, Big Joe
1: pinned Hoodfoot with a knee strikes and a senton at 13 minutes and 8 seconds.
0: Big effing yeah. Joe. I just didn't put the effing on my match description. Okay. Um. Okay, so I will give Big Joe credit. I mm-hmm. didn't think he was that great or anything. This match mm-hmm. itself was kind of eh, but in fairness, most of these matches were kind of eh. Yeah. It was a very smart decision to wear white for Big Joe. (laughs) And the reason I say that is because he was completely blood-soaked by the end of this match. And I think that's what fans of this style of wrestling are looking for. Yeah,
1: this one got gross in a hurry, but that's what
0: we're here for. Yeah, so I will give him credit. Mo Atlas is a solid worker. I'm not huge on him as a deathmatch guy, Mm -hmm. but he's a solid worker. That's Hoodfoot, in case you're wondering if you didn't know. Okay. And in your main event for the, the battle of the title, rejects.
1: Reed Bentley pinned JW Murdoch at almost 20 minutes here with a sliding sliding D, sliding forearm strike. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, it was the last match of the night. They pulled out all the deathmatch tricks, all the all the gusset plates, all the little stabby sticks. They they just did everything. They, these two were puddle were puddles of blood by the time the- this was over.
0: The differences these two can actually wrestle. Yeah, this is good.
1: I actually, actually for, for a deathmatch show, I actually really enjoy the ReBentley bentley match.
0: ReBentley bentley doesn't get the credit that he deserves, I don't think. Uh, everybody mm-hmm. talks about JWM, John Wayne Murdoch. Everybody yeah, talks about do. the fact that this dude is like the next coming of the death match guy in the United States. He's like the next Nick Gage. Yes, yeah, and they've been pushing he, him like pretty heavy too. He just recently came back to GCW. He appeared on the world on GCW when he took out Alex Cologne, if you recall. That's right. That's right. In during the course of the brass ring ladder match. So, and they just announced a match for John Wayne on their next show, I think uh Houston in February, I wanna say is when it was announced for. I'm not sure the specifics, I don't remember. They have so many shows coming up that it's hard to keep track as discussed earlier. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Indeed.
0: That being said, so John Wayne Murdoch is that guy that is starting to make his imprint into other promotions outside of just ICW. Like he just recently had a shot at uh, Alex Shelley and the um, IWTV Independent Wrestling Championship as well. Mm-hmm. So he's not just a deathmatch guy. He's one of those hybrid guys that I was talking about earlier. Reed Bentley is another one of those hybrid guys that I was talking about earlier where that he can wrestle the deathmatch style, but he can also have an actual wrestling match. I mentioned the, the IWA Mid-South King of the Deathmatch that I did. Yes? Mm-hmm. Yes. I've mentioned it a couple of times before on the podcast here. What people – what I haven't mentioned before is I actually did a show called Prelude to Death, which was the night before as well. Mm-hmm. And on that show, Reed Bentley was in a four-way main event for the IWA Mid-South Heavyweight Championship. It was Reed Bentley, Mance Warner, John Wayne Murdoch, and Larry D. He of Impact Wrestling. Oh, very cool.
1: Well, overall, I mean, the the end, the uh, the no holds barred shows. Uh, it, it, they, it's so funny, Christian. When we do the the WWE stuff, he's like, "Hey, it's about the moments, right?" And then he usually goes, um, "But it is." It these the shows are not known for their memorable matches so much as they aren't known for creating moments that are memorable and then the rest of it all just sort of bleeds together i like the no holds barred series when I, when i am afforded the time with all of my other podcast duties and wife and uh, husband duties and father duties and work duties to actually sit down and watch one of these shows when there isn't boxing wrestling and mma going on i like to uh you know they tickle me i just don't always get a chance to watch them i think i, I think i told you the last time i watched the no holds barred match was the one with haku And that was, I think, October. So, and I watched it in a tent while I was taking my son camping. Um, That was that was a fun. Speaking of uh, John Wayne Murdoch, we that was a rough match, man. Is he the one who wrestled Haku? No, um, I think Schlack wrestled Haku. No, he wrestled, I think, in the main event of that show, and it was brutal. Um, But between, yeah, between that and GCW, these were fun shows to watch, and uh, another, I think, another stellar edition in our. uh, our series here of indie my, cider wrestling, indie wrestling shows.
0: My buddy, Eric Watkins has a f- specific phrase that he uses to describe stuff like this. Mm-hmm. YMM or yeah. YMMV. Your mileage may vary. <laughs> yeah. Robert. if Winfrey you can, if you can tolerate the deathmatch style, if you can mm-hmm. watch the deathmatch style, if you have a strong stomach to be able to do so, then ICW and GCW's regular shows are something that you can uh, probably sink your teeth to, into on a consistent basis. If you're looking for a more mainstream version of the GCW product, then the world the world on GCW was kind of that attempt in order to yeah. portray themselves as maybe maybe number three in the in the in the country right now. I would say. Mm-hmm. You, you could make the yeah. argument they're the third most popular promotion in the country right now behind WWE and AEW. You don't think you don't think Impact edges them out just slightly? Uh, Impact is owned by the people whose television station they are on. That's kind of an unfair advantage. Okay. I, I was thinking in terms of, like, well, it doesn't matter. Maybe, I I... maybe ROH, if ROH comes back in any, ter- any kind <laughs> I'm of... I'm
1: not currently counting ROH. We'll
0: see what happens on April 1st. We'll also have to see what happens with Impact as well because a lot of the mm-hmm. Impact guys show up in GCW on a regular basis too. They do. Hey, it's you know, I say
1: this I think feel like every show and this is going to be the last thing I say, but you know, it's right now in the pa- of, of the past 20 years since the bottom fell out and WWE bought everything, I don't think there's been a more exciting time to be a wrestling fan with all the availability of known mainstream talent showing up on any manner of shows. I mean, look like Ruby Soho goes from WWE to AEW to Beyond Wrestling to GCW. Matt Cardona is all over the place. You have a guy like John Moxley, who was the AEW Heavyweight Champion, and is now the GCW Heavyweight Champion. I mean, you never like that's the fun of doing the show like this podcast is you really get to see some really fun indie shows that just a couple of years ago would not have had this, you know, this many mainstream talents coming in and out so consistently.
0: So well, I'm, we, I'm here for it. We kind of tease that we're going to cover AIW next month. And the, well, show, yes. that we're, the yes. show that we're covering for AIW actually has Cardona on it as well. So, yep,
1: that's what uh, we're going to call it here for the evening. So the Indie Ciders will be back February 19th, late in the evening, about 1030-ish. Uh, we'll be live streaming again. And as J- uh, Harry just mentioned, AIW, you know what? I'm not leaving. And then speaking of death matches, uh, I just sort of picked this one out of a hat. <laughs> it was what was available on the schedule that we were planning for. And who and I love love a good death match, so I'm going to give this one a shot here. Death match down under, roll on. So we'll be reviewing both of those February 19th. We're going to skip March. I'm Tri- going away for a week, and I'm super busy. So we're going to skip March, but we are going to double and triple
0: up in April. Go ahead, Harry. Trivia, where is death match down under located? Do you know? Uh, no. It is an Australian promotion. Oh well, I figured that. I thought you were going to ask me
1: like if it's in Brisbane or something.
0: <laughs> uh, Sydney, I think. But uh, the reason I know of DMDU is because one of my favorite female wrestlers actually got a lot of her uh, her pandemic work through DMDU. Charlie Evans. Oh, that's cool. So we're going to do three
1: shows um, around the time of WrestleMania. Um, you know, we've been doing these live streams, these alternative commentaries like we just did for the Royal Rumble. We're going to be doing my Dan Lasby and the podsman and I will be doing, um, elimination chamber in Saudi Arabia. We have just confirmed that one, all or both or all podsman will be doing both nights of WrestleMania. And I may even make Chris Sheehan do the, uh, the NXT show with me on the same day as night one of WrestleMania. So, but that, but I'm not going to leave Harry out of the festivities. I like NXT. Oh, sure. You do. Um, but i'm not going to leave harry oh, out in the cold harry gets sad. to do <laughs> harry gets to do ring of honor with me super card of honor if it actually happens on april 1st so we will be doing our uh, live stream alternative commentary for ring of honor super card of honor in addition to all the wrestlemania stuff and then after that we've got some more indie cider shows coming up for you we've got effie's big gay brunch 2022 and uh, you know, harry keeps saying well, why don't we look at some of these older, older shows? Why don't we look at some of these archive shows? Why don't we look at uh, some, some historical stuff? And I went, right, no peace underground, fear the gay agenda, and Harry flipped the table over. <laughs> he says, you, you and all your gay wrestling rattled edge, and I say, you know what? Make it gayer. That's what I say. I'm right there with you, Effie. Do you have that shirt? <laughs> I need that shirt. I told my wife the other day. I'm almost girl.
0: certain he has a shirt that says make pro wrestling gay again. Oh, he does. Yeah. yeah, he he he
1: definitely has the make it gayer shirt, um, or for, no, sorry, the shirt that I saw from the from the website was pro wrestling is gay, and I'm like, I need to get that shirt and wear it to like a WrestleMania. Um, if there is a make it gayer shirt out there or make or make pro wrestling gay again, I want those shirts too, <laughs> and I will wear them on this
0: podcast. I am absolutely not surprised <laughs> as I as I wear my Angry Bird shirt on this particular podcast.
1: So yes, we will be doing Effie's Big Gay Brunch and then from last from last fall, I think it was uh, No Peace Underground September, I think. Yeah, no Peace Underground's Fear of the Gay agenda. I've been dying to watch that one. And so that's what we're gonna do. But hey, it's not all just gay wrestling here on (laughs) the Indie (laughs) (laughs) We will also be Are you sure? (laughs) Um we will be doing both nights of Joey Janela's Spring Break Nights 1 and 2. And if there's something else that's fun with the collective, maybe for the culture or Bloodsport or something, and we can fit it into the schedule, I somehow we might, feel we do another one.
0: I somehow feel two white dudes reviewing for the culture would not go over well. We're absolutely doing for the culture then. <laughs> And is I'm this gonna, is this why you're having Jason Teasley in for the triple feature thing for Black History Month?
1: Yeah, we have like half a dozen triple features dedicated to Black History Month. It's, it's oh, gonna that's fantastic. gonna
0: get a, that's gonna get offensive. Is what that's gonna get.
1: <laughs> it's gonna be amazing. We, Jason Teasley <laughs> and I will be celebrating Black History Month all month long in the month of February.
0: I oh, cannot wait! <laughs> remember, folks, since and <laughs> Broadcasting is associated with us, all hate mail goes to s.garmer at gmail.com
1: all day every day um so so yeah i when, when we get the schedule and we figure out i may now i may i may stick a fourth one in there we have to do fourth the culture and blood sport
0: <laughs> i asked for this i walked you right did. into this
1: one you really did <laughs> poor poor innocent harry a year ago was like i'm here for all your wrestling stuff a year later so how many gay wrestling shows are we doing <laughs> they're all gay harry every last one of them gay and black and awesome <laughs>
0: The views and opinions of Mark relics do not necessarily reflect the W2M Network and or its affiliates, no, specifically that's... Amazon Music.
1: Yes. And uh, speaking of Amazon Music and gay black wrestling, <laughs> you, uh, we are giving away a free 30-day trial <laughs> of, of Amazon Music Unlimited. To get yourself a free trial, go to getamazonmusic.com slash W2M Network. Again, that's get amazonmusic.com/slash W2M network for your free 30-day trial. Uh, you can check out all the bands we're doing on the Metal Hammer of Doom, like Amorphous and Korn and Battle Beast, and some of the ones we've done earlier this year, like the Night Flight Orchestra.
0: How's the new Volbeat? Uh,
1: the new Volbeat was really good. It was better than the last two by far.
0: So, up there with like Outlaw, gentlemen, or Shady Ladies and Outlaw, gentlemen. Yes, I would say so. Absolutely. Good, because the, like you said, the last two all-beat CDs have been kind of disappointing. Uh, one of them nearly made made
1: Jesse Starcher very, very sad. So he still hasn't quite gotten over it. All right, uh, so that's what we're doing. Uh, this week on the Rattling Broadcasting Network, we have a full slate of shows for you. Uh, Evan Bevins, Andrew Graham, and I will be looking at the Masters of the Universe Revelations cartoon, both parts. We waited for the whole thing to be done to cover it from Kevin Smith. Uh, you know, it's it's. I'm sure it's as bad as everyone says it is, but we're going to talk about it anyway. Um, first day of Black History Month, the month of February. We will be kicking things off with a re-air of Jackie Brown. We will be kick. We will also be adding another re-air from the archive. Uh, our on trial for Halle Berry's Catwoman in honor of Moonfall coming out this Friday. And then in the evening time, we've got some Oscar Wait, Bait for you. Yes. I'm gonna go,
0: ahead, I'm gonna go ahead and take that off trial for you right now. Ho- Halle Berry and Leather win. When- yes. Yep, not
1: guilty. Um, <laughs> Alexis ha- Speaking of not guilty, Alexis Haina will be joining me on a triple feature of some uh, some black and white Oscar Bait. We'll be doing uh, Belfast passing and come on, come on, come on, Harry Brothers, come on, come on, come on. Come on. Uh Wednesday, we've got a re air of the doit. Deut- and in the evening time we'll be reviewing the new battle beast circus of doom on thursday more of the dirt this time the soundtrack motley Cruz, the dirt soundtrack and then in the evening time pat mullen wrestling trivia champion supreme will be will be here with me on the four kings of boxing podcast we'll be looking at uh malvin hagler versus roberto duran and tommy hearns versus roberto duran so is either that.
0: one of the is either one of those the No Moss fight? Uh, no, that we've already covered that one. Was was that Oscar against Oscar De La Hoya?
1: No Moss. No Roberto. That was Roberto Duran, and I believe it was Sugar Ray Leonard. Maybe um, okay. Um, on Friday we've got a re-air of our review of Corn the Nothing because Corn's Requiem will be coming out, and we'll have a an archive show being re-aired. Keith Thurman it's- versus.
0: Yes. I was just going to say, as long as it's not as bad as that freaking EDM album Corn did, because God, that fucking sucked.
1: Uh, Keith Thurman versus Jose Zito Lopez, alternative commentary from a few years back. We'll be airing that one. We'll also be airing the Manny Pacquiao-Keith Thurman fight from a few years ago. And that is because Saturday night is all right for fights, ladies and gentlemen. Dan Lasby and I will be doing an alternative commentary for the Keith Thurman-Mario Barrios uh, Fox pay-per-view so check that out and hey if you're if you turned into this and you like wrestling check out the alternative commentary we did for uh the Royal Rumble with myself uh,
0: Christian Chris and <laughs> Chris Bailey
1: thank you Christine. I'm so tired Christian and Chris Bailey we uh we did all four hours all of our friends were hanging out a lot of people came and checked out the, the live stream we had a lot of fun and we're gonna keep it up so we
0: hope you'll join us for the next one
1: Harry Tell them what you do and all the things that you point out on Point of Viewer.
0: All right. Point of Viewer is actually Eric's deal. I'm just a disembodied voice. I kind (laughs) of help guide him through the show, honestly. But it it helps Eric get some stuff off his chest, and it it makes things easier. For when we do Life is Like a Game Show here on the W2M network, Um, traditionally on Thursday nights we might be switching the schedule because Brian got a new job, but we will be sticking to it. Our next episode will be this Thursday night when we tackle the newlywed game one life is like a game show As we start love month for the month of February newlywed game, uh, singled out from MTV. I don't know if you remember that one.
1: I do. I do remember singled out
0: baggage from GSN, the Jerry Springer hosted game show and tattletales, which was an old CBS game where celebrity couples would t- tell secrets similar to the newlywed games and contestants in the, in the audience would win prizes for the, uh, for picking the correct celebrities that that got the questions right and wrong or whatever, so that'll be covered on a on life is like a game show this month. We do have something important to discuss too about life is like a game show and TV party tonight. However, although technically if we're you're on, talking about the quiz show thing, that would we're, be on trial. We're on trial with that. Yeah, I was I was getting there. Okay. Um, April, I believe.
1: I want to say, or was okay. it February? No one has gotten back to me on a date or a time. Jonathan, who's in our chat right now, said the twentieth, which is I think is what I told Eric um, that if you guys wanted is to it go February twentieth. Do- I I had heard last night. Heard from Eric, who never got back to me on this. I had heard February twentieth, and I said around eleven, so I have time to wrap up with Jason on one of our many many Black History Show Mo- uh, Black History Month shows. I figure with I don't I, fig- I figure I could be I could be reset and ready by eleven o'clock.
0: I don't, uh, they have me on so many, on so many podcasts on this network right now, I lose track of all of them. Okay, yeah, if, Jonathan's,
1: Jonathan says February 20th, so I'm going with February 20th at 11, unless someone tells me otherwise. All
0: right, that sounds good to me. We'll go with February 20th at 11 as we cover Quiz Show.
1: Yes, we're going to do an on trial
0: off for Quiz Show. The movie that was made about the 21 scandal from back in the 50s that caused game show regulations to be changed.
1: Oh, that'll be fun. Actually, didn't they do it? Yeah, that, that, I remember the movie that came out. That, that's what we're talking about. Yes. The movie about that incident. Is wow. What that about. <laughs> yeah. I am so tired. <laughs> I hear we're doing a podcast right now. I don't know if you know that or not.
0: At ATB okay. the Eagle on Twitter, Facebook, Yahoo. I hate mail to s.garmer at gmail.com. All right, folks.
1: Thanks for joining us on this exhausted uh, <laughs> TV party tonight. Uh, for Harry Broadhurst, for Big Sexy Harry Broadhurst, I'm B-boy. The, B-boy. The, the heartbreak kid, Mark Rattledge. Be well, be safe, and behave.